0: Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. So today we have Megan Dunn-Kraus on the podcast. She is a yoga instructor who specializes in breath work. She teaches how to breathe better, which leads to better sleep, nourishing yourself, digesting, processing, and moving through difficult emotions, communicating better, and overall living better. I want all those things. Megan, thank you for being here. (laughs) Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited. Yeah. So I was telling you a little bit before we started this episode that I've had a number of people on that we've talked about, you know, how stressful it can be in the salon. I've had people talk about how, you know, like flipping your lid all day or like you're all day, you're kind of going from person to person and people talking about overwhelm and how to like Mm -hmm. anchor yourself. And the number one thing, the takeaway I've gotten from all these different experts is like focus on your breath. Mm -hmm. But I've never had anyone talk about how to breathe correctly and the only thing I know about breathing is that since I started you know dabbling in yoga I try and breathe more in my like tummy but I don't Mm -hmm. think I've ever been taught and I've noticed people that I feel like are breathing kind of in their chest and stuff and I think that it's probably something I've done or do in stressful moments so I just Mm -hmm. have like a million questions for you but first maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you first
1: became interested in this? Oh my God, well, I love all of that. We have a lot to delve into. (laughs) Um, Well, personally, I was drawn to just sort of the healing arts at a young age and have been teaching yoga for about 25 years. Um, the The real interest in the magic of the breath came much later after I'd been teaching for about 18 years where I had a strong practice in pranayama, which is in the yoga practice ways that we, they're, they're breath practices, but they're very prescriptive and it's ways we control the breath. I did have a strong pran- pranayama practice, but I saw it more as like my practice, right? Um, and I'll describe that more. Um, and then, so that was, a, that was just my life. That was just a big part of my life personally, professionally, just in how I, how I lived. And then I got married and struggled with fertility for about five years, lost a baby, got pregnant with twins at 40, and then was like super anxious about losing them too. Then got diagnosed with severe preeclampsia, was in the hospital from 26 weeks to 31 weeks, had so many false alarms, basically my only tool to survival for me and my babies at that time. And those five weeks of basically living in fear of losing them was my breath. Um, And I had to just come to terms with how erratic it was and how I could hardly do the practices and techniques that I knew because your breath is really just it's just responding to your nervous system right so whatever is going on into your in your body and your nervous system your breath is responding and reacting to that and it's a behavior so in that time being very stressed my breath was all over the place not to mention I was like gaining five pounds of water weight a day so I was like you know I had a lot of pressure I was hard to breathe um but long story short that experience left me I mean Not to mention then the NICU coming home, having all of those months in and out of the NICU, two months, they both were born healthy, thank God. Then a few months later, one of them got really, really sick and we're back to like hospital chronic anxiety life. So basically then another year I was in like PTSD of all this fear of illness, death, you know, everything. So that experience to sum up that couple of years of my life, I was like, totally a different person. I had a different level of stress embedded in my nervous system. The behavior of my breathing was so different than it was pre all of this and my memory of being this like, you know, long-time yoga practitioner that could do all these pranayama techniques with no problem. And now I found myself not able to stay with any of those practices. When I did them, they didn't help me. They actually gave me more anxiety. Um And that was huge to me. It was very confusing because my tools weren't working and everything I knew was just making my symptoms worse. I wasn't sleeping. I was breathing in my chest. My neck and shoulders were a disaster, blah, blah, blah. So that just took, yeah, it it was like, it was devastating because I was like losing that and I, I didn't know what was going on. So I just kind of went way backwards. I turned to what I knew intuitively and what made me originally fall in love with yoga. And I just like got my body to the ground and I just like laid on the ground and I didn't do anything. I didn't try to do any practices. I would lay there and feel the ground. I would flip onto my stomach and feel my how my body was pushing into the ground with the breath. And I just rewound to stage one, and like just started to what I now know as intuitive breathing. I just followed it, and I you know. So when people talk about breath, now I know, and I feel like I knew it way back then. But then you get so focused in technique. Um, is just befriending your breath and learning it and knowing what it's doing and watching it and seeing it as this amazing like guide into what's going on with you not what you're thinking what's like well how your body is actually just taking on this life you know how it's responding to life so it was a really slow process of just forgetting everything i knew and starting over and through the breath and just not trying to make it do anything i got to know myself on a different level i i had so much pain in my body from the preeclampsia the swelling the like then the c section and i think the trauma of fear trapped in my tissue left me in a lot of discomfort and you know just chronic tension and I just, I feel like I just unwound that with, with trusting my breath and letting it guide me where I needed to be and healing the C-section. You know how I, so many women will relate after having children, whether it's a vaginal birth or a cesarean section, you sort of go numb into the yeah. lower abdomen and the pelvis. Yeah. And that was really scary to me because I, you know, I, if you, once, when you know more about a if, about yoga practice. There's a lot of practice that is focused on the navel center and the pelvic floor and the spaces between. Um, and I was like, Matt, can't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> no idea if I I don't know. I can't even touch that area. But eventually, without trying to make my body do anything or force these techniques on it, it slowly came back and I rediscovered what the yogis actually or now my interpretation of what the yogis were trying to teach us. Um so yeah, so that's my history since I, then. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> since then I just went and ordered every single book you could about breathing and I finally ventured outside of the yoga world which was like almost like taboo for me with how serious I was and I have like every book. (laughs) And a lot of them are incredibly hard for me to understand because there's so much biochemistry involved. But I got to see what was, you know, all the different perspectives and discover for myself what made the most sense.
0: Yeah. And like, thank you for sharing all that. That's so much Mm -hmm. vulnerability. I feel like people have been through different things, but can relate to just that feeling of like, feeling like you have no control and that, Like, you know, just like that fear that had to be insane and confusing because it's like, wait, no, like I'm a yoga instructor. Like I have this toolkit and like, it's not working.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's now looking back, I'm just, you know, I'm so grateful because I was, I think like was so ready for the next step of learning, you know, we're like, we have to trust these experiences because we get attached to what we think we know. And then we don't grow, you know? So it's like, oh my God, I would have still been in there telling people to do all these things that who knows if that's even right for them. We don't know what's right for each person. We have to know, get to know what's going on. Every one of us has a different habit of breathing. Breathing is a behavior. We learn it. So we learn it through life experiences. Our breath is adapting to how we're experiencing life. So, if we can learn our breathing and we can take the time and the inquiry to see what it is doing and how we are breathing without trying to tell it what to do, oh my gosh, we have like, we can now we can really learn how to self soothe. Because, yes. yeah, yeah. Versus, were, yeah, versus what? Versus prescriptive practices that. N- you do almost as just a coping versus a healing, right? Coping is great. We all need to cope through this life, but it doesn't heal. So there, so some, I found myself doing, turning to these practices that just became distractions from the actual feelings I needed to feel and attend to and help my body move them through my system. So I didn't bury them deeper, but I was using these practices because those feelings were so intense. I kind of didn't want to feel them, so I'd be like doing these like <laughs> really rigid practices. Yeah, um, it was control.
0: Yeah, you don't even know you're doing it. When you were talking, I was like, oh my gosh, like I was relating what you were just saying to like when I had a previous business partner and like that ended abruptly. And then my marriage blew up at the same time. And I have gratitude for it now because I thought before I had life figured out. And I was like, yeah, I'm a Brene Brown reading girl boss. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what do you need to know? (laughs) And then I feel like I have such gratitude for like, like, you know, like Brene Brown would say, like the, the breakdown turned into the breakthrough, like Mm -hmm. I, you kind of need it to now I have such curiosity towards my life. And now hopefully after today, my breath, because I know there's something there. And I, I, I love what you're saying.
1: Oh, good. (laughs) I think it's the real, you know, the real with anything that we do. And I see this in my yoga practice as well. When we don't have that Interest of just inquiry and curiosity. We are in an avoidance mode because mm. we're just achieving, right? We're checking it off the list. I'm doing this, and I want to do it the best I can. I, so, like a yoga practice can do the same thing. It's like I've had many years in my yoga practice where I turned to it because I just couldn't face other things. Whereas, really, I want to be getting in my yoga on my yoga mat to attend to those feelings so that I can enter my, the intelligence of my body, the intelligence of my breath and say, okay, show me the way I'm here now. I'm present. I'm with you and I'm bowing to you. I'm bowing to your intelligence, but that's not always how we enter the mat. We get on the mat and we tell our body what to do and we throw ourselves around and we feel better afterwards because we accomplished something. But did we, did we touch what needed to be touched and help it release? I don't know. (laughs) No,
0: this has been coming up. And even in like another episode I just did, it was like all about, like, it's all about your intention, like the intention behind things. So it's like, yes, I can remember going to my favorite yoga studio, Om on the Range and being Mm -hmm. like, I'm only going to, I wanted to go because it was an hour and I would like get it in. As opposed yes. to now, it's like, oh, I like doing Melissa Wood, and she's like, I'll do a 12 minute one, or I did a 22 minute, and I mostly just do her stretching ones, and I'm like, yeah, it works yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, but I don't do it for the same reason. Yeah. I'm like grounding myself, and I so like what what do you feel like? I I was reading on your website about how when you're like a two year old child, which is the age of my child, that you just naturally know mm-hmm. how to breathe. Mm hmm.
1: So, yeah, it's so, fun. I mean, having a young child, like the under five in your house is so perfect. It's a perfect place to start learning breath. Um, you can just watch them breathe. Also a pet, any pet. You just stare at my my dog Ellie. You know Ellie. She comes to the salon. Gets her hair done at the salon too. She does. (laughs) She's with me in my studio with my clients, and I use her as a teacher model all the time because she's just laying there sleeping, and I'm like, watch her hips, watch her belly, watch how there's very little movement up by her head and her shoulders. You know. So yes. So baby, we are born like everyone knows how to breathe. Everybody's body was born breathing in the way it was designed so we can return to it we know it somewhere it just got buried because again then breath is constantly adapting to life right and a really healthy breath is adaptable like it's it's always changing like right now as I'm sharing my story and feel a little you know there's vulnerability and sharing my breathing's changing it's getting a little more excited right and It's like, it's supposed to do that. Like if I, when I come and walk in the salon and I see you, I get happy and I'm like, hi, you know, and you change your breathing. So nothing, or if you like, yeah, you see something really sad or you have a mess, your breath is going to adapt when you're running, when you're slow walking, whatever. So I just I feel like we are confused and think our breath is supposed to be a certain way all the time. It's supposed to be low and it's supposed to be slow and it's supposed to be, and it's just not true. Like our breath is meant to adjust and adapt. However, if we look at our breathing and we see the typical signs of stress breathing versus just really healthy, optimal breathing, there's some pretty big differences, right? So I can like, ask you some questions like if you and you can even do this with me right now like most of us when we are stressed out we kind of tell ourselves to take a big breath have you ever done that
0: yeah I told bird to do that today when she threw a through a puzzle I said bird take a deep breath and I like did it yeah. and then like I was like and out of your mouth and I was like either Megan's gonna tell me I killed it or she's gonna say <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not the right way to do it. Okay, but, you know, And also that's what we're, you know, air, like, I have like parentheses, like, it's like, that's what we're taught to do.
1: But it's yes. like, does that not well, right? Well, let's discover this. Let's see. So if you're stressed out, okay, uh-huh. if you're stressed, out, like you would picture yourself stressed, and then you take a big breath demonstrate that do it I can't see you but do it for yourself take that big breath in when you're already stressed out take that big breath in yeah, feel it a, feel it's what you're overwhelming. doing overwhelming yeah okay now when when you're stressed to picture yourself stressed does your breathing get faster or does it get slower think faster yeah does your breathing do you breathe more in your chest or down in your belly when you're stressed out chest Probably. Does it, does, is your breath quiet or does it get louder when you're stressed?
0: I feel like sometimes you can feel your breath or like your heartbeat and your breath, like in your ears almost. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it gets higher, it gets louder. Yeah. Everything starts like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so then do you think you breathe more or less when you're stressed? Oh, you know what? I think you breathe more and like more shallow. Yeah. So now take that big breath again, that big breath that you're going to try and help yourself get out of a stress cycle. You're already stressed. Take that big breath. And what you've just done is taken a faster, noisier, larger breath through your mouth. And you expect that to calm you down. It didn't work for bird today either. (laughs) Okay. But we are, this is not our fault. This is taught. All mm-hmm. over the place. It's modeled in our society, on commercials, health practitioners across the board, yoga instructors everywhere telling you to take a big breath in. And it's just not what works physiologically and how our body's designed. So when we are stressed, most likely we're going to be breathing through our mouth more. We're going to be breathing in our chest with our neck and shoulders, more of a shallow breath. Our breath will speed up and we'll breathe more. This leads to over-breathing. And we, just like we're a culture that eats too much, we're a culture that breathes too much. And over-breathing keeps the body in a state of fight-or-flight, heightened sympathetic nervous system. Optimal healthy breathing is through the nose. You breathe low, a deep breath. This is confusing too because we often equate a big breath with a deep breath. It's, it's not true. A big breath doesn't have to be high-volume. I mean, a deep breath doesn't have to be high volume. A deep breath is just low in the body. Like I always tell my students, if if the pelvic floor is the bottom of the ocean inside of you, that's the deepest place within you, right? That's a deep breath. The surface of the ocean inside of you is up to your throat, right? So a deep breath means you're breathing lower in your body into the pelvic abdominal area, middle body. So a healthy breath is through the nose, low and deep in the body. So you're using your diaphragm. That's really diaphragmatic breathing. Slower and less. If you're not stressed, you don't need to take a lot of breath. And breathing that way puts the nervous system into balance and then allows way more choice. We're not reactive. So kids, we're all born that way. We're all born with this baseline healthy breathing, unless you have health issues, right? If you have you know, if if kids are born with health issues, but typically you don't, you're not born with dysfunctional breathing patterns. So when you watch and the dysfunctional breath pattern is just one that's not working for you, that's compromising your health, that is causing you stress, right? And we all learn that it's all learned. And it is a behavior that is a culmination of our life experiences. So we can return to it, but we first have to know how we got out of whack because how you're out of whack and how I'm out of whack is different because I didn't live the same life as you. Right. So my breath is going to have its own quirky dysfunctional patterns and your breath is going to have your own quirky dysfunctional patterns. So I can't just give everybody a prescription on everybody do these kind of breathing practices and you'll be great because it's totally different for everybody. I mean, you have, so we have to learn the essence of, kind of what is a general truth and the science of it. Like if I was testing you, this is what would be happening and what we know. That's why it was really helpful for me to venture out into the world of science because wow, they're, they're testing everything. (laughs) They actually are watching your oxygen, carbon dioxide levels, your pH in the blood, seeing what's actually happening as you're doing it. So the yogis, were really really aligned with what science is showing so that's really cool because they did it all intuitively however that the teachings get you know they get they're not always accurate how they get translated
0: yeah so I have a question I don't know if this is at all something you find but can you you said everyone's like you know dysfunction of breathing is different but are you able to tell in a way like what people have been through based on the dysfunction you see in their breath or is it just that everyone's pain and trauma and life experiences just they do manifest differently because it's like how it impacted them
1: yes it's how it impacted them like so you can like I I can't tell I can watch someone's breathing so the first time I meet with someone privately Mm -hmm. You know, I do get to know them, I have them fill out a questionnaire and all the things the breath can affect. And then I just like I do watch them breathe and I I put them through some small movement patterns to see what's sticky in their body and just see how they're because breath is also very posture related. So like, you know, there's so many layers, but so see and also getting people to move helps them. Yeah, it's really stressful to have someone stare at you and watch you breathe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So but it's amazing because the more I learn about each person, I'm like, well, exactly. Your body is absolutely showing me that, you know, like, it's so cool. I mean, the body yeah. shapes around. It's, it's just so beautiful. I mean, how protective the body is of the mind. It's just such a beautiful thing. Like, that's all the body's doing is trying to protect you. So it tightens and it shifts and it adjusts and it's, you know, it's all about keeping you safe and protected. And so we have to then learn that some of those patterns, you don't need them anymore. You adapted those when you were what, five, six, whatever age, we've adopted many. And at the time, they're very useful. And maybe you needed them for a few years, but you didn't stop doing them when you didn't need them because it became a habit. So everything, it's really habit, learning what your habit is. So like to bring it to you and to hairdressers and in your, in your day to day of, you have eight clients, whatever the deal is. And you're like, holy, wow, this is a loaded day. And oh no, so-and-so's coming and she talks my ear off and I know I'm going to have to talk to her about this. (laughs) Not that you don't appreciate talking to your clients, but you know what I mean? It's yes. heavy. I mean, it can be a, a lot and you have to manage that, hold the space and you have to keep boundaries. There is a way that you, Lindsay, handle that day differently than if I were there doing yes. the same job, right? So, and it's all based on everything. Like maybe you had one day where a client was really rude to you and somehow you embodied that and you kind of look through that lens you know, at different times that you don't need to, but it's there because it affected you. And it like, you know, we, we don't unexperience things Mm -hmm. (laughs) when something happens, like you can't take it away. It happened and you, you took it on, on some level. So, so basically you could look at through your day, like, The first step for all of you, for any human that wants to know about their breath is not necessarily, I mean, I can give you practices, which is more of the prescriptive thing. And that those are helpful, but the, but at the same time, we'd want to be doing the intuitive inquiry of just noticing, like, what do I do? What do I do when I prepare myself? Like, for the day how how if I checked in every hour, how am I breathing? You know, check in before you start the day.
0: Yeah, I love what you're saying because I was thinking about how, like, sometimes when I have a day where I'm like, God, I feel really tired after, or like my feet really hurt. And I'm like, that's a regular shift. I wonder if I didn't, like, I think about this with Jenny, my coworker, because she's always Mm -hmm. talking about the body and movement. I'm like, I wonder if I didn't move enough. Or I wonder if, or like, if I feel really good at the end of the day, I'm like, what was it about today? Was it how I, like what I did in the morning before I got there? Was it just the nature of the conversations and where I took them? Like, what felt good about it? Because I feel really good right now at the end of the day. So yeah saying like do that with your breath
1: yes totally and your body the sensations in your body with your breath and do it regularly not because you need it to be different right not because you've learned oh I'm supposed to breathe slower and I'm supposed to breathe down lower and I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be doing this no no no. first we gotta know right we just have to be interested in what is our habit so there's like two parts of the equation one learn you right? yes yeah. Learn you. See what your habits are. Habits, there's all kinds of habits, like good habits, bad habits. A habit is only dysfunctional if it's not working, right? Yeah. if it's not serving you. So we know those. We all have them and we wonder why we still do them. And so we have to slowly befriend that habit and know it's served a purpose. There's a reason. There is a benefit or you wouldn't be doing it right? So it's like, at some, maybe it's no longer a benefit, but it was at some point. So it's like, hmm, just this deep curiosity, like you were saying, you've arrived to, and I think getting to know that, and you know, you can have a little journal that you just write little lines down. Oh my gosh, I was like hyperventilating, or I was in my chest, or I felt neck tension, or when, when I was with this client, I was this way. And when I was with this client, I felt this way. Um, You know, and you just start to see patterns. And what you want to look for, I can talk you through what the key, there's two key parts of the breath that you want to look for. And you can see the one simple way to picture the cycle of the breath is picture a triangle. So you could even draw a triangle on a piece of paper and like. The one end is the inhale, so you're going up the side on the inhale, down the side on the exhale, then there's a pause of transition between the exhale, the next breath, then the inhale, the exhale, and the pause. You know the what, I inhale. like the
0: triangle a lot better than a square because people talk about yeah. squares and I find it, like I'm like, <laughs> I'm, trying fa- I'm trying to do it as opposed yeah. to just like relaxing and the
1: triangle feels a lot less okay well then then you just brought me to something really important so we do we're such doers and so we're trying that's again the prescriptive practices that weren't serving me anymore and I was so upset because you know I had never I just had never had such a traumatic scary experience so I I never or I'm sure whatever trauma I had as a kid, I already learned how to adapt to it. So this was like a really shocking time. And I think I'd never had that kind of shift so obvious like before. And so I, I just, I couldn't believe I couldn't do those practices anymore. And when I did them, they really stressed me out. They didn't work. I was getting angry. It was like, yeah. Um, But so that's, that's, that is doing that's the doing part. And you said, and I'm doing it, and I'm trying to do it right. And I so do get pissed off to, with that box breath. I believe it's called a yeah, box yeah, breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's a doing because you're asserting a hold. You're you are creating a hold in the breath, the natural breath. There is a, there obviously is time in transition, but there's less time of transition between the inhale and the exhale than there is naturally between the exhale and the next breath cycle. Right. So the triangle kind of lets that be more natural, right? There's always, there's a transition. So the box breath is an equal transition time, but yeah. But in what I'm saying to get, to know your breath, not to do a prescriptive practice of the box breathing is a practice that you're controlling and you're doing. There's many great practices. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here bashing practices. I'm saying you want to do the inquiry really, before you start playing with these practices, right? Yeah, not that you can't experiment, definitely experiment. But when you experiment with the practices, it's good to know what you're looking for. So these are the two things that are really key. So let me just guide you through it to get you into it. So if you're sitting, you sit, you know, I'm like adjusting now on my chair. So I'm sitting on the edge and my feet are planted, just I feel grounded. Right. And then just to ground me in my body, I like this just kind of moving energy in a certain way. So I'll bring my attention to the top of my head. And as I'm inhaling, I move my attention down my spine all the way to the tailbone. And as I exhale, I move my attention down through my leg bones, through the feet and into the core of the earth. Then I go right back up to the crown of the head. As you inhale, just brush your attention like a paintbrush down the spine, getting to the tailbone, and exhale, brush your attention through your legs and into the core of the earth, right back up to the crown of the head, inhaling, move your awareness, brushing it down your spine, exhaling through the legs and deep into the earth. So just a few of those grounding breaths can help you feel more embodied, more here, internalized, and ready to watch. So now just feel your body breathing. You're not, your body's doing the breathing, you're doing the watching. Watch your body breathe, feel your body breathe, and notice, are you breathing through your nose or through your mouth? Notice the sensation of your breathing. Do you feel, where do you feel the breath touching you? I can feel it sometimes just in my head. Like you said, your ears, your throat, your shoulders, your chest. I had that low sternum area, even down lower into the belly just notice the dominant sensation. And don't try to change it. You're just observing. We're not fi- there's nothing to fix. Your body, your breath is doing exactly what your nervous system is telling it to do. So it's not wrong. So just get to know it. How does it feel as you're breathing? Where do you feel the breath? What's any sensation? And wherever it is, it's all good. Now just go with that triangle and just kind of follow that triangle, inhaling up the side, exhaling down the side, and across the bottom as they transition. Follow the inhale. You're following. You're not guiding. Follow the exhale and across the bottom with the transition. And it takes, you know, it takes practice to follow. And not do. So really we're kind of going into this essence of being the breath, not doing the breath. Just be the breath. You're getting completely into it. There's just, you just are the breath. Riding that wave. Attention. Following, feeling, sensing. Not trying to change it. Be the breath. And notice how what you do in your mind with this, what sensations show up in your body, what thoughts come up in your mind, and just watch all of it. Notice that end of exhale and the transition time before the inhale. Is there any apprehension in that space? Feel that, zoom in on that pause. And you let the exhale fall out and there's a transition time before you inhale the bottom of the triangle. Is there any apprehension, any nervous energy, any hurry in that space? That's one piece you want to really get to know. What's it like in that pause? How do I feel in that pause? You don't have to know why. Don't even ask why. Just notice. And then what's the next inhale like? Am I doing the next inhale? Am I pulling in the inhale? Or am I allowing the next inhale? So what's it like in the pause after exhale? Is there any apprehension there? And then what's the next inhale like? Am I doing it or am I allowing it? And what does it feel like? Does it feel like I really want to get that inhale in? Like it can't come fast enough? right? Or does it feel relaxed and flowing in? There's all kinds of ways you could describe it. Okay. So that's it. That's the initial increase. So now tell me if you are comfortable with it, what did you sense?
0: Okay. At first was like, I felt like tingling down my legs. Cause the way you said to do the breathing, I've never had someone be like, breathe like into your legs and down. Like it felt like tingly almost.
1: Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And then, um, I was thinking about how I want everything to be a psychic reading. So I was like, yeah, I have that. What does it mean? What does it mean? Um, I like wanted to open one eye and be like yeah that's me you're talking about me um, so so like when you were saying is there a hesitation I feel like I've I've never felt like one with my breath I've always felt like it's like a separate thing as opposed yeah. to like what you were just describing
1: totally and I think most of us feel that way and it's something we can just dominate and control yes Okay, so was there apprehension? Yeah, there was. That's
0: the part where I was like, I'm ready for my reading now. What does that yeah, mean about yeah. me? Oh, yes. Okay. And I was like, I bet you has to do with my childhood. And so, you know, like, <laughs> everything goes back to everything.
1: Of course, you make this so easy, Lindsay. So yes, because what when you feel any discomfort, what does it do to the mind? Um, puts it in survival mode. Yeah. And it goes, goes faster, faster, faster. Oh my God. It goes faster. So the more uh, the discomfort activates the mind all the time, no matter what discomfort it is, the mind gets more activated and an overactive mind equals a stronger reaction to something. How often do we have, do we overreact? Oh, I mean,
0: every time I'm in a situation where I feel very upset, I think, where is this coming from? Because I'm not mad about my daughter going to sleep 15 minutes later. I'm not in a fight with my husband about yeah. that. I'm in a fight about something bigger, something from long yes. ago.
1: Right. Or you just were in this cycle of habit. Your habitual breathing is dysfunctional. And so you can't get out of it, even though nothing's wrong. Yeah. There could be nothing wrong. You're like, everything's going great. But you've, your, your behavioral breathing is dysfunctional. And I mean, I hate to say it, but there's very few people that don't have dysfunctional breathing. I mean, it's just our world. (laughs) Well,
0: It's the thing we had to control to help us to adapt to like what we needed. So it's not something to feel bad about.
1: No, nothing. And there's no, there's nothing you did wrong. So this is the inquiry. That's so cool is you just saw that you saw that, that you got to identify I say apprehension because it everybody doesn't relate to anxiety or nervous energy or fear but there's just a eh, something there right yeah and that something that is and this is all this is definitely what the yogis knew but that is psyche that is we could say unprocessed emotions unprocessed thoughts something we don't want to feel, something we'd rather avoid. So we're going to inhale real fast because inhaling or breathing, inhaling too fast is a coping mechanism to not feel. Mm-hmm. So you will pass over that apprehensive moment in a hurry to avoid something. We don't know what it is. So we don't have to know what it is. The healing doesn't, we don't have to know. We just have to be with the discomfort. So that next inhale, what was your inhale like? I did feel it feel like, like you couldn't get it fast? Did you want to, were you doing the inhale, like activating it? Could you tell the difference? I was to difference? become
0: aware of if that's what I was doing, but it wasn't uh, super apparent to me.
1: Yeah, that one's usually harder to tell because we don't know the difference necessarily between doing the inhale and allowing the inhale. I don't think it was was a total allow, but I don't think it was like a, you're going to breathe right now. It was kind of in the middle. Okay. So if you have a little notebook, a little journal that you, all you do is look at those two parts and you do the triangle breathing and you do that. I mean, you literally need to do it a minute here and there through the day. It's not like it's, you need a lot of time. This is just a, you know, creating a habit in your day to check in you'll start to see these patterns, right? And you can also do it when you get heightened. You know, it's a fun thing to check in when you have a client come in and for some reason they're agitating you and you don't know why and you feel yourself getting reactive and you're not showing it on the outside, but inside you're like, oh my God, I'm just going to ruin her hair. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that feeling that's coming inside that you're not showing on the outside, we don't know what's happening, but it's happening. So now you do that triangle breath and it'd be really fun to see the difference. Then on the flip side, you and Jenny are laughing about something and really connecting over something and having great moments. And then you check into your breath. Cool. Right? So you have just, this is just gathering data. It's not saying anything about you or who you are. It's saying like, Oh, this is my behavior of breath and how it's relating to life. And what's my habit. Like there's this, One of my teachers talks about a story of one of his clients. This is so cool to really kind of get it. But he was a really successful businessman and he would get these really crazy symptoms of like really active heart rate, you know, like basically kind of panic attack symptoms and feel like, because the breath can, it messes with so much going, you know, messes with basically, I mean, cause it's adjusting carbon dioxide, oxygen, pH levels in your blood, all of, in all of the organs in your body and all the fluids in your body. And I mean, when you have, when you're heightened, your the blood flow to your organs in your brain can be reduced by 50%. So like you're have you can have, I mean, when people are having symptoms, they're legit symptoms, wow. right? So he's having, yeah, he's having these really, really like to the point where he was on an airplane to Europe and they were going to have to land the plane somewhere because he was s- having such terrible symptoms. Like they were like, oh my God, we got like, you're going to take the whole plane down for this one guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, So he gets into the, his his lab where he's testing his carbon dioxide levels this is a whole other complicated issue but basically carbon dioxide is like magic in our body and it's not something we want to get rid of it's something we really need and it really is kind of the i mean the breathing experts call it the chief hormone of the entire body It's regulating so much, but basically we want a high tolerance for CO2. When CO2 levels drop too low, this is why it's also a myth. We don't want to blow off our CO2. We don't want to get rid of it. If we have too little CO2, you have those symptoms, right? So you you are going to have a reaction. So he was reacting to his dysfunctional breathing. Well, it turns out the trigger to his dysfunctional breathing is relaxing, really as soon as he sits down to do nothing he doesn't have enough co2 in his body and his body freaks out so like everybody has a different habit of what triggers their dysfunctional breathing pattern so like i you know like if he came to me i'd be like lay down let your body relax and he'd be like oh ah, right wow. his body would react he would go into fight or flight And stress at just the thought of relaxing because he was like this high powered dude, right? It just that's what stressed him out. Then, so then my this teacher had him do um like think about a really hard issue at work, like a real problem solving thing. And he was testing him while doing it, and his CO2 levels rose and he was great, felt great. (laughs) Right. So no, you just made me
0: think of something that um You know, American Sniper, the movie and the, it was like that, it's like, you know, people that are like, he was like, it's a very sad story, but he was like, a Marine or whatever. And whenever he would, he was like one of those sharpshooters or whatever. And they Mm -hmm. said that his heart rate when he got into that state of like being in position, his heart rate low. Would, go, would go really low and he would get really relaxed.
1: Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yes, it's like who we are. We don't want to run from who we are. We want to be the best version of who because we are, right? Because it made are, him right? really good at his job, but then I yeah. think it's, it made it hard sometimes to relax. Well, right, because he needed that intense of a situation to relax, which is you can't recreate when you're dealing with, <laughs> you can't recreate that in the mundane, you know, normal life. So that's where the prescription comes in, right? That once we know more, we have to, one of the things I do with people and what's really useful is consciously creating the stressful breathing. So we can't just go around and say, everybody needs to be, like I said earlier, a healthy, optimal breath, which is what we're trying to get to at rest at normal walking around our life with is through the nose diaphragmatic slower and less right that's when we know our nervous system is balanced okay so that is the ultimate goal to from any practice but i may have to work with someone like there is a one technique that works so great for people who overbreathe. in as we consciously over for a set period of time so if you've heard of like wim hof tumor breathing that's what that is doing, because overbreathing is such a chronic issue in our culture that when you consciously put oh, do your habit, it helps you unwind from it because you're choosing it, because a habit isn't something you're choosing, right? So right. it's rewiring the brain, um, and then you also add long when you consciously overbreathe. You can hold your breath out for much longer because of the gases, the CO2 levels. So you can retrain your brain to handle a longer pause between the exhale and the next inhale. So it's really kind of cool to see how you can use the praxis. Um, but like, but basically, the 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 pause when you start seeing that triangle more and more, and you start logging it, you'll see that. When you're more happy, relaxed, comfortable in your skin, you feel really like connected and interconnected with others in just the good human experiences. Most likely, your the pause will be longer and with without apprehension. Wow! And you won't be actively doing the inhale. The inhale will just be happening. It's a reflex.
0: Yeah. I love what um, you're saying too, because I was thinking about how like initially like, when you set boundaries, it's like, first you're like, I'm never going to be in these situations because I want to feel good. And then no, it's like, well, yeah. that's not learning how to like a, be adaptable. So I love what you're saying about how it's like, no, like you put yourself in these situations that almost yes. make more difficult so that you can b- build a tolerance and like a,
1: to be yes. able to still be you no matter what you're in. Yeah. And you build more resilience and you then have so much more, your nervous system has choice because when we're, most of us are walking around stuck in a low grade fight or flight and we don't know it, it's our natural state. And in that state, we don't have a lot of choice because we react to situations, right? So when you start to see this and you start to, you can, that's where yoga is all about witness consciousness, where you can separate, you can kind of, move outside and watch yourself like you could watch anything you know um and you you're watching with this interest you start to just see what you're actually doing because we can't change what we can't see we can't change what we can't feel oh
0: god that is that's a note I want to end on where can people (laughs) where can people find you
1: how can we work with you I want to know more Okay. Well, I feel like I didn't really help you in your chair, but we had a fun conversation. Oh, no, this all relates to the chair. <laughs> okay, good. So you can find me. You have my website, right? BreatheMDK.com. I um, yeah. Just feel free to reach out, and send a note. I do teach a breath class at Yoga View. It's actually the only group class that I'm doing right now. It is Yoga View and Will Met, and it is at 9 30 a.m on Wednesdays it's if you can't come live it is recorded so you have like 24 to 48 hours I don't really remember to do it so you could do it that evening and you just kind of get a taste of it's not just breath I use a lot of really rocking rhythmic primal kind of like movements on the ground that just help unwind the stress and tension in the body to make the breath more accessible um So and our awareness of the breath more accessible, I should say, because breathing is really a full body integrative experience. So so yeah, that that's always available and yeah, that's it. Oh that's awesome. Cause people are people that listen are kind of all over. So it's cool there's a and and
0: it's on Zoom. Zoom. Yeah,
1: they can sign in on Zoom from anywhere it is a 90 minute class. I don't want that to scare you, but it does take time to start to like really drop into that zone. You know, like it's like when you, when you think about that practice, we don't need 90 minutes, but when I offer that practice, I love to give people that experience of having the time. Cause you know how long it takes to unwind. Right. (laughs) So no, even when you
0: were just doing that with me, I was like, I'm afraid I'm going to fall asleep (laughs) and (laughs) because <laughs> like, it was like it was like very relaxing yeah good oh yeah. this is so fun yeah well thank you so much for your time I appreciate you being on